Welcome to your most visionary life. On this weekly podcast, we have real, unscripted, in-person conversations with entrepreneurs about the truth of what it takes to run a business and find a career path that you love. My name is Kelsey Riddle, and I am the founder of Visionary Life and The Visionary Method. The intention behind all of our content is simple, and that's to help you live and lead your own most visionary life in your health, in your life, and in your business. As you begin to listen to the episodes, you'll discover one obvious and common thread, and that's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. But perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. This show will help you break through your limiting beliefs and to inspire you to live life on your own terms, to take more risks, to actually follow your heart, to set bigger goals, and to take tiny steps each day that will lead you towards your most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everybody. I cannot believe it is almost the holiday time, and this is actually the second last episode of Visionary Life Season 2. So today's episode features the founder of Anise Jewelry, Britt Hopkins. Her business has exploded since I met her six years ago, and I really cannot wait to introduce this glittery visionary to you. First, a few life updates, though. So... I do apologize, I'm a few hours late releasing this episode because of a lot of holiday festivities over the past few days, and you know what, when I got to sitting at my laptop last night, I kind of left the editing for this episode to the very last minute, I just had this wave come over me of, this is not what you should be doing right now. What I really needed at that moment was self-care and sleep and quiet time. And so I decided to honor that call that I was getting. And so I shut my laptop and said, you know what, I will do it in the morning after I get to a workout. So tuning in works every time I feel totally okay about the fact that it's a few hours late and hope that you're still able to listen to this on your morning commute or wherever you're headed today. So I want to start today's episode off by sharing some of my own non-negotiable tips for ensuring that you keep your sanity this holiday season. I'm certainly still navigating these waters. We tend to have an extremely busy holiday, being that we have a very large family on my side, and then on my husband's side, there are multiple family events on either side, so is mom and dad. It tends to get totally hectic. And if you are anything like me, you love being social, but I find that many events can actually drain my energy and really just kind of suck my vitality, right? Um, Whether that's the foods, the people that I'm around, being out of my own home too much, it just tends to wear me down in a way that I don't love, but at the same time, it's almost like I've accepted it as the inevitable. And so I want to leave you with a few tips that... I make a conscious effort to include over the holiday times, I call them non-negotiables. These are things that I've practiced so deeply over the last year that over the holidays, it should be no different, right? So I really try to keep my mood elevated and my spirits high by practicing these three tips. So 
let me first share tip number one. Tip number one is boundaries, okay? This year, we got really good at saying no to events that we didn't want to go to, right? Nobody is dragging you out to these Christmas parties. No one is telling you you have to be out every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So if that is something that you're able to practice, I would encourage you to take a night to yourself instead of going to that 43rd Christmas party. Or on the other end, why not create events? Say yes to creating an event. Maybe it's in your own home or you co-host with a friend filled with people you actually love hanging out with, right? So I think this is a great opportunity to flip the script. If you don't love going out to all these events, why not create one in your home? Um, I mean, if you have to attend a ton of these parties, never be afraid to call the night early, go home, get a good sleep, um, and don't have any shame or guilt about spending less time with people who might actually be draining your energy. So protect it and just know that your boundaries are just a way that you respect yourself. Tip number two, I talk about it all the time, is to keep a movement routine. Now, it does not matter what you choose to do for movement. It could be walking, stretching, running, cycling, yoga, boxing classes, doesn't matter. But you have to keep to your habit of daily movement over the holidays I mean, just a walk outside in nature can do wonders for the mind, for the body, for the spirit. And it's important to keep triggers for making sure that movement happens, right? So for me, I pack an entire bag full of workout clothes to come home with me if I'm staying at my parents for two to three days. Um, I'll leave my running shoes out beside the bed. So that's the first thing I do when I get up. I lace up, grab my dog, and we go out for a run. Um, you could try and plan a sweat date with a friend, right? So instead of getting each other gifts, why not meet for a yoga class and um, give each other the gift of hanging out for a few extra hours and getting your sweat session in at the same time. You could also try a new studio. So make the holidays a time to try new things. Yes, it's busy, but it doesn't mean we kind of have to give up on um, finding workouts or finding new gyms that light us up. As I record this, I actually just came back from my very first F45 class at one of the locations here in Toronto. I had tried the workout before and it is a franchise, so it's sprinkled all over the world. And, you know, I thought I need to do something this morning that's going to set me up for a really good work day. And I'm not going to wait till 2019 to let that start. So I redeemed a week-long pass there, and I went for the 6 a.m. class, and I feel great. Tip number three is to continue scheduling date nights, if that's something that you do with your significant other, or a self-care night one time per week, or even squeeze these self-care moments one time per day. So it's important to take time to do what we love, to connect with the ones we love, and I think that this time of year it's easy to just pour your time into other people and to live on their agenda, but what's really most important is creating your own traditions and making sure that you're prioritizing your relationships with yourself and with your partners. So yesterday I hosted a mini goal setting workshop at my friend Charlotte's wellness retreat and it was so much fun. I think this is the most timely time to talk about goals, but the thing that really bothers me about goals is that 
Yes, it's fun and dandy to set them, but the hard part is actually following through and coming up with a plan and figuring out what are the actionable items that I can start doing to work towards this goal right now, not just having this goal and having it live in a day planner for the next 365 days. So I wanted to give you a heads up that I'll be recording the final episode of 2019 of Visionary Life on this very topic. And it's going to be a very actionable, experiential podcast. So I will have a worksheet with it and we're going to reflect on 2018 because I think it's important to know how you did and what went wrong and what went right. And then I'm also going to share the best tips that I have for goal setting, breaking them down into micro steps and making sure that you achieve all you want to in 2019. I will share some of my own goals and visions with you in this episode as well. So this episode of the Visionary Life Podcast is sponsored by my free idea to income workbook. If you want to explore whether you've got a money-making business on your mind, grab a free copy of this. In this free seven-page workbook, I'm really walking you through the exact process that's helped hundreds of my own clients and students take ideas out of their head and begin building income from them. So this is a perfect workbook for you if you have a million business ideas in your head or if you're really struggling to take action on these ideas and build the dream life and visionary business of your wildest dreams. And you can grab this workbook. It's totally free. Uh, Just use the link in the show notes or head to kelseyridle.com and you'll see it along the top of the website. Back to my episode with Britt. Brittany Hopkins is the owner of Anise Jewelry Store on Ossington Avenue in Toronto. And there's also an online boutique as well. They specialize in making custom, one-of-a-kind jewelry, repurposing old treasures to give them new life, and working with clients to create timeless pieces. Brittany has actually hosted many workshops that I've brought my family to and attended on my own. And most recently, she helped Dave and I craft the wedding bands of our dreams. And I've just been in awe of the magical space that Britt has created, which feels more like your best friend, very stylish friend's home rather than a retail shop. It's so cozy. Britt's energy is magic. Her business is growing at such a rapid rate that I'm just really in admiration of what she's created and with the team that she's got working for her now. And at the time of this recording, Britt was actually expanding into the upper two levels of her beautiful building. And this is a space that will now allow Britt and the Anise team to have an in-house office and a dedicated workshop space for their clients. And it is stunning. I'm telling you, this building is pure bliss when you step inside. Britt and her team are just this confident army of jewel babes. And I cannot wait for you to hear her story. She really doesn't shy away from sharing that it's not all glittery in her world, especially running your own business and starting everything from scratch. With every milestone that Brit has hit, there have absolutely been accompanying challenges, but I have no doubt that you will feel 
inspired, empowered, and just that energy of Britt's passion project that came to life many, many years ago and how she's been able to continue moving forward despite the challenges that a business can present. Now, it's so funny because I actually met Britt about six years ago. I was teaching spin classes in Kensington Market and she had opened her first Anise jewelry shop, which is no longer there right across the road from this studio. So she would come to my spin classes before work in the morning and we got connecting and I have stayed connected with her ever since. And who knew many years later that she would be a visionary guest on the show. So enjoy, let's dive in and I will talk to you soon. So I'm here with Britt, and she's the founder of Anise. Is it Anise Jewelry? Anise Jewelry, Anise yeah. Jewelry, okay. And, you know, it's so funny because I never imagined when I met you five years ago in a spin class yes. in Kensington Market <laughs> that I would still be connected to you today, yeah. but it's really neat the way our paths have continued to cross, so and awesome. even though we're both no longer at the jobs where we met yes. in Kensington here in Toronto, um, it's been amazing to watch your journey unfold. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So we're going to start with some rapid fire questions. I do this with every guest just to get you warmed up and to get into the flow of the interview. So, first of all, where did you grow up? I grew up in Edmonton, Alberta. Okay. And what brought you to Toronto? To go to school for goldsmithing. Ah, and then yeah. you never left. I never left. <laughs> Got me. Cool. Well, we'll get into that more later. Um, is there a book or a podcast that you're loving right now? I am reading Anatomy of the Spirit right now, which is really uh, has really captured me and kind of is really challenging some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was recommended, actually, by my operations manager, Anne, and yeah, it's... It's really, it's really amazing. That's a book that actually, it's by Carolyn Mice, yeah, right? Yeah. That's a book that when I went to school for holistic nutrition, that was one of the course materials was it? that we had to read. That's yeah. amazing. It, was, it kind of was my first introduction to like spirituality. Yeah, it's really um, Like six years ago and it blew my mind. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, what's your favorite self-care routine or ritual? Self-care routine, bath, uh, bubble bath with lots of candles. It truly is the most relaxed that I ever feel. No cell phone, no laptop, no nothing in the bathtub with me. Um, and just really like totally zenning out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love exercise and I love doing lots of different things, but that truly is when I feel most, most at peace. Absolutely. What's one piece of jewelry that you never go without? I never go without my grandmother's wedding band on my pinky mm-hmm. ring or my pinky finger. Um, it's just like I don't even know that it's there. Mm-hmm. It's become sort of part of my body. <laughs> uh, when you feel stressed or overwhelmed, what do you do? Ooh, a sigh a lot. <laughs> I do that too. I've noticed that that has become a thing. I really sigh and I don't even realize I'm so stressed, but I'm sighing a lot. I'm like, oh, I think I'm feeling stressed. <laughs> I think it's very therapeutic for yeah. the body because you do just kind of like you shrug and then you release, yes. right? Yeah. So I think there's something um, beneficial it to it. It is a release for sure. <laughs> People around me know I'm stressed if I'm doing a lot of heavy breathing. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay, so we're going to zoom the lens back a little bit because I know everyone listening probably wants to know how this whole dream of Anise Jewelry came to be. But first, could you walk us through what you were up to in the years leading up to launching your business? Yes. So, I mean, I've been making jewelry 
forever, as long as I can remember. So I, when I moved to Toronto, did, I went to school. I was, you know, selling in different shops. I was doing different markets, um, and I, I had a job as a marketing coordinator and office manager for um, a female entrepreneur uh, who owned the company Simply, the Simply Bar. It was actually Wellness Foods. Um, and she was amazing, super inspiring. I can tell you more about her another time, but um, she, it became something where I started realizing I wasn't really focusing on my passion and I was giving so much to someone else. And I kept thinking, I'm so inspired by her. She's really driven for this, you know, in this amazing business that she's done, but I'm not, I'm not actually making any jewelry and I'm exhausted by the time I go home and I'm building her Facebook page, but my Facebook page doesn't have anything on it. So I decided to leave that position and just go back to serving in a restaurant where I could just go to work, leave work at work, and then come home and start building my business plan and really focus on my work if I was really going to try this jewelry thing. Um, so I was managing a school bakery and cafe in Liberty Village for two years before I opened the store and then building my brand as I went. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. And I'm sure it seems like it happened fast in the story, <laughs> but I'm sure there's a lot that happened in between there. So yes. I do have a question. Did you ever write a formal business plan or did you just dive right into the action and just start like doing the Facebook page, doing lots <laughs> of jewelry to sell? Or was there a lot of like ideation that had to come out onto paper before you felt confident? I definitely dove into it um, in, in lots of capacities. Like, you know, even when I was in Edmonton, when I was selling in different stores and when I decided to call it a niece after my grandmother. Um, but I really didn't have a clue what this all meant. And even when I built my website, I didn't know what I was doing or what my mm -hmm. real goal was with my brand. Um, I just knew I loved making stuff and people that were in my network seemed to like it. Mm -hmm. um, but when I decided to open the business, I did go through a program called, it was at the time called CYBF, which was Canadian, the Canadian Youth Business Foundation. Mm -hmm. And it was for people under 30, you know, new up and coming entrepreneurs under 30 to uh, provide funding. That was like a, it was like a student loan for business, essentially very low interest rate, very different than going through a bank, obviously. Um, and when I applied with them, uh, they're now called Futurepreneur. Um, when I applied with them, they require you to do a very extensive business plan in order to pitch your business and to prove why you are worthy of the funding and why you're going to mm -hmm. set yourself apart. So yeah, I did a very big major business plan before actually cool. launching the store. Well, that's actually the second time that Futurepreneur has come up. I just interviewed Jonathan from the company Holy Veggie. Mm. They make these veggie patties and uh, they're in the frozen section of your grocery store. And he was on our last episode, cool. episode and he and his business partner went through Futurepreneur as well. So. It's I will definitely link that in the show notes for anyone who's looking to maybe align with them and, and get some support. It's awesome. They have so many great people and so many great resources. Wow. I really appreciated it. Yeah, I'd never heard about it before then. Awesome. So you've alluded to the fact that a niece is named after your grandmother. So was that always the plan to create a business that was reflective of her or how does she tie into your business today and where did the name come from? So when I was, when I first started making jewelry and selling it, I called it Brit H Designs. My last name starts with an H. And, and yeah, <laughs> Brit H Designs. That's gonna be great. And uh, but then when I really decided to get serious with it, I think it was like if I'm gonna really do this, I want to choose a name that I'm never gonna change. I realized I can't just keep changing this every couple of years, you know. And Anise, uh, my grandmother, she's just 
such a vi vibrant, amazing woman. Uh, and growing up with her, I just always was fascinated and obsessed with her accessories. She's always had a really eclectic style, you know, the classic, never leaves the house, house without lipstick on, um, but wears like huge earrings. Even to this day, she's like this little short woman who wears these earrings that come like down <laughs> past her shoulders. And I think I just grew up watching her be so fearlessly expressive with her look. And so when I was thinking about what I really wanted to, um, you know, impact people with, with my jewelry, it was a no brainer to name it for her because she embodied all of what I wanted to really express, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's such an also unique name and it is. is not something you hear very often. Yeah. So. It's such yeah. a beautiful name. I love that you modeled it after her. Thank so, you. okay. So could you give for the listener who has never been to a niece before, maybe they don't even live in Toronto, but they would love a visual of what the space is. Could you just describe the space? What's the experience that people can expect in your store? So when you walk into the store, you are going to be overwhelmed with sparkle and color. <laughs> There's like so much to look at, uh, especially now that we've been in this space for a while. It's a truly, as we refer to it very often, sparkle town. Mm -hmm. um, and when you walk in, you're going to be greeted by our resident jewel babes, as we call them, who are going to tell you about the fact that we offer custom jewelry on the spot. That's first and foremost the most unique thing that we offer, and that means that you get to come in choose our, you know, go through our treasure drawers that are filled with different stones and treasures of like vintage or new stamping materials, metal, um, a lot of semi-crucial stones, and you get to design your own piece and actually have it made on the spot. And in that, you also get to set your budget and, you know, let us know on a special, a special occasion, or you can also bring in something old that you have that you can have turned into something new. Then they're going to let you know about our workshops that we host in store where you actually can learn how to do exactly that. Uh, in a workshop with your buddies, with wine, with snacks, and uh, really have a cool experience. Um, and then, you know, we offer repair and various levels of custom jewelry as well, including wedding bands and engagement rings, and yeah, it's a whole smorgasbord of all things jewelry. Mm -hmm. Well, I can definitely attest to the fact that your concept is so unique. Like, the store offers such a warming feeling when you enter, and I just love that you offer that experiential component. I've been to a couple of your workshops with my mom and my sister and we've made our own custom jewelry and I just think it's so great to be able to have that offering to your customers to say you don't just have to buy what we have like you can actually create mm -hmm. something and it's definitely been a memory that we continue to share in our family so and cool. it's just so neat that you've been able to create that. Was that always the vision for your business or has it evolved a lot over time? Oh man it's always evolving for sure and I think actually with offering custom jewelry we get so inspired by our clients so that that's something I didn't anticipate is I mean it's kind of it makes sense right it's like people are coming in with different ideas that we haven't thought about yet you know so that that inspires us to maybe offer a new product or to really challenge ourselves to learn a new skill and, and different offering um, when I was making jewelry I really was just making it to sell it first and then it was actually uh, Kathy from the Simply Bar when I was working for her uh, who really inspired me to get into to really hone into the custom jewelry? I was starting to do it for a lot of friends and family, and one day she said to me, "You know, I think there's something there. Like you're just making stuff for people, and you're making whatever they want." And I remember thinking, "Yeah, like whatever you want. If I can produce whatever you want, like if you are getting married and you have a dress and." It's so much, so taxing to have to look all over town for the perfect necklace for that, mm -hmm. you know, neckline or whatever. 
how wonderful if I could just make it exactly to fit your dress mm -hmm. or exactly to fit your odd finger size that might be five and three quarters instead of a six instead of a five, you know, mm -hmm. and it's opened up so many doors for us and, and really built so many amazing relationships with our clients because mm -hmm. we do, like you say, I mean, we're handing over some of the power also to, to you to mm -hmm. say, what do you want? And you imagine we could do that with everything. I mean, imagine yeah. we could afford to have all of our clothes and shoes. Absolutely. And, <laughs> right? and the fact of the matter is people love to give their opinion or be asked what they like. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm sure that that's what makes them feel more connected to your store is that they have an element in the creation of whatever it is that they continue to wear. For sure. So for those not in Toronto, I saw that you have e-commerce, is that correct? Yes. So at what point did you realize that you wanted to expand and offer your product and services to the world? So e-commerce is truly <laughs> such a challenging uh, feat at the moment. And um, I mean, I think it's, I'll admit, a lot of people go online first. And I did too. Like when I was in school, mm -hmm. I start, I built a website and I did the things and I, put, I you know, I got a light box, the makeshift light box that I built. And, um, you know, it's, it's the basic notion of, I want to be able to have people see what we offer online. I want to be able to have them see something from their home before they come into the store or mm -hmm. to be accessible, not just around the corner. If you don't live in Toronto or you're not, you know, in our neighborhood. Um, that being said, it is a really different world than I'm used to, and I'm a much more hands-on creative person. So uh, over the years, we have had a website, we've kind of not tended to the website, then we've focused on the website, and then we've kind of gotten away from it. And I will admit, last year, I just really kind of got, I got really overwhelmed with it, and I sort of just left it, and I wasn't looking at it, and I didn't really want to even think about it, and I mean good problem to have we're very busy in store mm -hmm. without that so I kind of just hung on to what I could control with people coming in the store mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden customers started saying you know your website really doesn't do justice to the magic that is in mm -hmm. this space and I started thinking oh no <laughs> like it's oh, time no, it's time I gotta I gotta focus on this because truly in the world we live in today, there's so much happening online. I'm I, I'm a consumer that is constantly shopping mm -hmm. online myself, you know. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have a good footprint online for people to go to and see just really what we're all about and be enticed and, and feel that magic, then I'm obviously going to be missing out, right? Mm -hmm. So so yeah, we've we've refocused our energy. It's still yeah. a work in progress, but we're getting there. Mm -hmm. It's so funny as I think about that because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs these days they jump immediately into online and that's where they want all their business and it's great because that there's infinite potential there but I love that you're really elevating the in-person experience and doing it so well that people probably appreciate that yes there will be the customers that come or that just want to purchase online but I think the true magic of Anise is like popping into the store and making the effort to get out of your home Come talk to your jewel babes, babes, do the workshops because that's where it all, like it lives, you know? Okay. Yeah. So it's just, it, there's two ways to look at it, but of course it's important to have both. <laughs> yes. Reluctantly, I, I admit that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to kind of fast forward to today and could you just describe for anyone wondering, like what is a day in the life of Brit like right now? <laughs> oh man, a total gong show. Yes. <laughs> We all feel that way, don't worry. <laughs> truly, truly, yes. I, I couldn't feel that more. Um, but I've also come to realize I think that's just the way I like it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like we always say, you know, when you're 
when you're so busy, you just crave that chill, and then when you're chill, you're bored, or mm-hmm. that's how I feel anyway. Mm-hmm. So right now, day in the life of me is very much, you know, cram a workout in at six in the morning because it's the only time I'm going to get it, and I desperately need it, not actually for physical, but for mental. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mental health really, really is um, so important to me, and I find that when I exercise regularly, I really, like, release, and I also feel so empowered because it's something that I, I do for myself so I do that usually I try to do that four or five times a week um, and then it's like you know I hit the ground running right to the store I'm you know if I'm not posting on Instagram I'm answering a bazillion emails I'm coordinating with my staff making to-do lists for them having touch bases with them because they all have their own clients now which is so cool and uh, you know and now expanding into an upstairs space where I'm trying to uh, figure out what all that looks like. So, okay, let me go back to something you said. You said they all have their own clients now. Yes. What does that mean? How have you worked with your team for them to get their own clients? So, this has really been this has been the most amazing uh, part of 2018. I will say, is developing a team that is so capable and so interested in learning not only from me but about this industry and working one on one with people and. Seeing them have passion to that is such a gift because for for a long time, you know, having staff has been a really interesting and challenging thing for me um, because I didn't know if it's like, am I putting my dream on you? Do you like, how much responsibility do I really give you? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's also still retail. So the turnover is quite high and I'm dealing with a lot of younger Mm -hmm. uh, staff members, so they might not have as much experience and, and whatnot. But the team I have had in the last six months is brilliant and really eager Mm -hmm. so uh we've also been really growing and what i realized is that you know over the years i've also had my own control freak sort of uh (laughs) a lot of entrepreneurs i'm sure do Mm -hmm. where it's hard to let go right but something i woke up to around june is that i was starting to feel really overwhelmed with my own project load um i do a lot of the wedding bands i do I, I, i do so much i do making jewelry for the store and running the business Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot right so I started realizing that if I could train my staff and do a really good job at educating them and preparing them for success Mm -hmm. I can actually have them take on more so for me for me like every five clients that I take on they can do ten right so it really was this turning point for me where I realized that's actually how we're going to grow and how we're really going to expand if Mm -hmm. I teach them and I instead of being possessive of all the clients and Mm -hmm. wanting to because truthfully like I just love everybody and I Mm -hmm. love this experience so much working with Mm -hmm. people so but at the same time I've started to recognize where I'm actually going to lose clients because they are not going to hear from me on time and they're not going to you know it was starting to get a little bit scary in in Mm -hmm. that way right so it was tough, but they really are doing such an amazing job. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's probably hard for a lot of entrepreneurs to make that, you know, take that leap. Um, but I have found that spending that extra time with them, like talking to them every week, sitting down, hearing about their clients, at, you know, having them be able to ask me questions and educating them, it has given them a sense of uh, their own empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. Where they feel like they've got something to hold on to here. And mm-hmm. to see their joy when they see, when they, you know, see a project go from 
uh, you know, inception into completion. It's like so amazing. It's even more of a gift than just when I do it. Yep. So you take on that proud mama. Yes, hundred percent. Like, this is way better than my fulfillment. <laughs> it's your fulfillment. Yes. Oh, to see them grow is really—it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so inspiring. <clears throat> and I think for anyone listening who's growing a team right now, that is definitely like goals. Like pass them more. Yes. Um, and of course, it's a journey for everyone to let go of that control freak tendency. Mm-hmm in us that started the business yes. and that, you know, <laughs> held on to every piece of it for so long, but we can go so much further together than we can alone. And yeah, I think all of us will hit that at a certain point mm-hmm. and it might take the overwhelm, right? It might take waking up being like, I am exhausted yeah. and <laughs> I just incapable. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Like I might quit my business. Yes. <laughs> So besides the growth of your incredible team, what are some other major growth milestones that your business has hit? So, I mean, it's been a wild six and a half years. We're going to be seven years old in June. And we went from our small little boutique in Kensington Market. We operated that shop for five years. Um, And then in 2015, we opened Ossington, where then I it kept both shops open for two years, which I think is a huge milestone for me because not once when I started this business did I think I was going to be operating two stores. Mm-hmm. That was never, you know, people always used to ask, what, what, what do you think? Are you going to expand? Are you going to open another store? Are you going to get into another city? Or, or what are you going to do? And yeah. I was like, no way, man. I remember reading in a book one time, start small, make small mistakes. That was mm-hmm. always my mentality. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Um, and so when we opened Ossington, it was truly just because we were starting to burst uh, at the seams a little bit in Kansas City, we needed more space for our workshops and whatnot. And I sort of got caught up in the business um, and a lot of, I'm just, you know, I'm a guest person. I, a lot of people wanted us to keep Kensington because it was close to them or whatever. Mm-hmm. They were loyal customers there. Mm-hmm. So I kept it. Um, so I take it as a milestone because as much as it was the hardest thing I've ever done, it was the most uh, educating and I learned so much about myself and so much about the business. So when we closed Kensington uh, a year and a half ago and decided to just focus on the bigger space, it gave us this amazing kind of boost and growth where mm-hmm. I realized, oh, we don't, you know, where, where it seems like we're expanding and we're doing, you know, people always used to be so impressed with two stores. Mm-hmm. We're actually doing so much better in one store with that many more clients where we can focus our energy. And I wonder if that's not what a lot of businesses go through where, you know, you see them open a lot of different businesses and then you know, maybe their quality kind of goes mm-hmm. down or they end up closing or whatnot because you spread yourself too thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of goes in hand in hand with what I'm saying about my staff, right? You just, it, that's something I'm really, really trying to be aware of and listen. And I think listening to the business has been my greatest, um, greatest goal and, and achievement, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I think, you know, milestone of having the two stores, milestone of being in the bigger store now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we are uh, about to embark on this weekend is opening the upstairs space of, of our building here and expanding our workshops, offering even more. So we're about to really embark on a huge milestone, again, mm-hmm. expanding a little bit more. <laughs> yes, and we are currently sitting in your upstairs space and you just gave me a tour and it's so gorgeous. I cannot wait to come to a workshop. So anyone listening, definitely follow um, all the events and we'll definitely plug your website and everything at the end. Okay, so we're talking a little bit about these retail spaces. Do you have any advice for someone who is thinking about opening a retail shop, whether that's in terms of location or you know, what type of space to be looking mm-hmm. for. I'm sure we have listeners that have this idea in their head that involves a retail shop. So maybe just from your own experience, what would you offer? I think that 
you know, when I was doing my business plan or when I was thinking of opening, everyone always says location, 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 location. And I, I really feel that is such a strong, mm. strong point to, to keep in mind because I was looking at places in like the junction before it was booming, like Dundas West before it was, you know, there was anything there just because there was cool spaces and rent was cheaper. And had I opened out there, I, I probably wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, being When I found the location in Kensington, the foot traffic, the pedestrian Sundays, the community, that really, really helped me build my business. I know for sure. Just the mm-hmm. fact that there was just already people in that neighborhood wondering what I was doing and what I was up to. Because otherwise, I mean, you can only rely on your family and friends so much, right? They're, they're only going to support you so much. And their friends and whatever are only going to do so much. So, so yeah, location's huge. And I think what I really find as... And I've said this to many people with, uh, you know, different business ideas when they picked my brain or, or what have you, mm-hmm. that if you are going to open a retail store or a business of any kind, I think it's so important to think about what you are going to do differently. And doing that business plan really mm-hmm. was actually what really challenged me to think that way. And they really encouraged me to do that. And I mean, I, I hated it because I wanted to, I wanted to just open my store and I wanted to just prove to them or to everyone, like, I am going to be different and I'm going to just... I'm going to prove to you it's going to be a good, a good idea, you know? But understanding what my offering was and how that was going to be different than any other jewelry store in the city is really why I'm still here today, I think. Mm. You know, because what is going to make me different than a Missouri or a Blue Boho or a, you know, who are all outstanding, beautiful brands with quality, amazing product, you know? And jewelry is such a funny thing because it's not a necessity. It's a luxury, right? And... But like my silver stacking ring is available in 20 different stores. Mm-hmm. It's not a profound, <laughs> innovative thing, but it's what people like to buy. So why are people coming to me to buy that simple mm-hmm. silver stacking ring? They're mm-hmm. coming to me because we have amazing customer service, because we have a connection with our customers, mm-hmm. because we have a really unique experience, mm-hmm. right? So that is, I think, the biggest thing that you have to think about. If you are going to open a burger joint, why is your mm-hmm. burger going to be better than all the other burger joints in Toronto right now, mm-hmm. you know, or anywhere? Such a good point. And you're right. If you ask yourself that question and you can't answer it right away, it's either like don't open the business or keep thinking, exactly. keep exploring what your personal talents are. Yeah. You know, like it could be something so random, like you could have a really good talent of making great one-on-one connections. So how do you infuse that into your business to make it amazing? Like yeah. we all have different strengths and no one person is the same as another. So like reflect on what you're good at or what you've been told you're good at and try and infuse that into your business. And Absolutely. It's great that um, your business startup advisors and that told you about um, just focusing on that because it, it is important and I feel that when I'm in your business. So it obviously shines through. Okay, so now we're gonna kind of wrap up with just a few more rapid fire questions. You can kind of just say whatever comes to mind and most of these are fun ones. So. Is there a tool or a resource or an app that keeps you on track every day? I have to say I uh, am one for the remember book, <laughs> as I call it. It's sort of like anyone else would just say day planner or, or notebook, but mm. I live and breathe by a list and by my day planner. I love a moleskin and I, I've tried the remember apps. I've tried the, mm-hmm. the alerts on my phone. I've tried all of that and I'm yeah. just, I'm like, you know, technical like the next millennial, but mm-hmm. It's just, I'm, yeah, I'm, I think I'm more of a tactile hands-on person. So, yeah, live and breathe by that. Pen and paper list. Pen and it? paper list. It never yeah, fails, never right? Fails. Yeah, love to just cross that task off, you know? Mm-hmm. When you feel stuck or uninspired or unmotivated as a business owner, what do you do to shake that mood? 
Ooh, I get offline. <laughs> it's tough uh, in today's world when you are comparing yourself to a lot of people, I think. Mm-hmm. I often find that's my lowest points when all of a sudden I kind of slip down the Instagram hole or the Pinterest or whatever and I mm-hmm. start thinking about, oh, I'm not doing this good enough or that good enough. And I find it's really, really important for me to shut it down, mm-hmm. get away from that, make jewelry. Like, go back to what I love and remember that this is where I started. And, you know, it's that classic quote you see all the time. Remember where you started. And that's truly what I need to do is get mm-hmm. back to, like, pick up my tools, pick up some stones, and just, like, create for no reason. Yeah. And then get back in touch with why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So important. Um, is there an investment that you've made in your business that has been what you deem to be the most valuable? Oh, my staff. <laughs> I think that has to be the biggest, uh, most challenging and beautiful investment that I have made. Yes. Uh, and truthfully, I mean, I, I would be nowhere without them at this point. And I am so, so, so grateful to them. I owe, I owe them, you know, all of this. this is yeah. So it's without a team. I mean, it's a, not only can I not do the work without them, but it makes it so much more fun. Yes. Yeah, you're not in yeah. it alone not anymore. Not in it alone. Like you oh, once yeah. were. That's oh, yeah. really cool. For sure. If you had only one hour a week to market your business, what would you spend that hour doing? Oh my gosh, that's such a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> one hour to market. I think, you know, it's it's word of mouth. It's talking to people. Yeah. For yeah. me, it's... and that's like, and, Yeah, to get out there, talk to them, tell them about it, make them feel my passion for for what I do and mm-hmm. I think that's been the, the biggest success of like biggest marketing tool mm-hmm. uh, that we've had success with for sure that's been at such a common thread over my past few interviews is everyone saying either like give people a sample give them an experience get out from behind your computer screen sending totally. those useless emails trying to capture people no get into the world yes. and just it like exhibit how excited you are about your product or service sure. and people will naturally flock to yeah. you have a real conversation yes and sometimes I need to remind myself that too it's like it doesn't all happen online yeah. like you still need to make that effort to network and go to the events and that's where the true magic happens okay so this is the last question that I ask all my guests but for someone listening to this podcast right now who is yearning to start up a side hustle or a passion project or an online business or maybe even a full-time venture, but they have no idea where to begin, what advice would you offer them based on your own experience? Based on my experience, I mean, using, I mean, Futurepreneur, as we mentioned, is a great resource. I, like, that's an easy one to say for sure. Um, but I think it's, it's about talking to your, <clears throat> excuse me, talking to your community, Talking to your mentors, um, I'm so fortunate to have had that former boss of mine be a mentor for me and somebody who's been in business and, and found success, you know, mm-hmm. and talking to people who have been through it and can tell you the good and the bad. When I decided to open my store, I walked around, uh, you know, getting inspiration, doing a lot of research and development. And I remember going actually to Penny Arcade and Rachel who owns it. She, I was telling her that I was opening a store and just, I just kind of was like being an open book and she was awesome. She was like, make sure you get like, here's a number for the people to get your security gates and make sure that you do this and make sure you do that and don't put too much pressure on yourself. And she kind of just like gave me all this knowledge that was something I could never have read in a book, could never have had a teacher tell me, you know, it was somebody who'd really been through it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really great place to start if you're thinking about opening a business is just picking the brain of people who've done it. Mm -hmm. So you can hear that they're real people and get a little bit of understanding that, yeah, it's not maybe going to be the easiest road, but get some advice on how it's going to be achievable. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And it just reminds me, like, 
you shouldn't keep the idea in your head. You should share it because the yeah. more you share, <laughs> the more you build the community around your idea. So but true. when you keep it in your head and you're just like, I really want to start this business, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell anyone, you don't get that same support. No. It's like, get it out into the world. Well, and that also allows for more doubt, right? I actually, mm-hmm. when I decided to open the store, before I had a location, before I had even the business plan, anything, I had moved up to the junction. And why I found out about CYBF is because I went into articulations up there who had also gone through the same program. And I told them, I, I said, when did you guys open? You know, I was asking about them. And I told them I was going to open a store in the junction. And they were like, oh, great, where? And I realized, like, oh, God, why did I open my mouth? And I don't have a space, but I'm, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of realized, like, I, that was me just, just having to just say it and be accountable to somebody mm-hmm. other than myself to say, mm-hmm. okay, I said it out loud. It's real. I'm going to do it. You know, yeah. whether it's going to be in the junction or wherever it's going to be, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know? And whether you believe in like manifestation or not, mm-hmm. that is a way of manifesting it. Totally. Because, and it doesn't have to have a spiritual component, but once you speak it, like something changes yes. because yes. it's not just mulling around in your brain or in your body. It's actually like out there. So I think that is just a powerful first step. Yeah, for sure. So if people want to learn more about Anise or they want to come visit you, could you leave us with some ways that we can find you? For sure. So we are loca- located at 102 Ossington Avenue. Uh, so right in between Queen and Dundas in, uh, in the Queen kind of West area of Toronto. Uh, you can find us at anisejewelry.com. We have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, although I'm not so strong on the Twitter side. Um, so you can follow us uh, quite often. Hi. Hey. It's downstairs. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Soon to be that's here. So ready. <laughs> so cool. Um, do you want me to do that again? Yeah, I'll, I'll ask you the question <clears throat> again. Sorry. <laughs> no so for anyone who wants to come find you or maybe they want to just check you out online because they're not in the area, where can people learn more? So we are located at 102 Ossington Avenue in Toronto. You can go to anisejewelry.com and visit our website or find us on Instagram at anisejewelry and uh, and absolutely get in touch with us anytime. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just as a last note, Britt and her team did mine and Dave's wedding jewelry and they're amazing. We've gotten many compliments, so definitely check them out. Thank you so much. Thanks, Britt. That's a wrap. Until next week, I hope you make tiny leaps in order to achieve your most visionary life. I'd love for you to join my insiders community. Just search Visionary Life on Facebook. We talk about our favorite books, our podcasts of the week, tools, tips, and tricks for making our lives easier as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And really, it's just a place to have open and honest conversation. I love taking these podcast discussions offline. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I send a beautiful essential oil blend, the visionary blend, and a love note from me to anyone and everyone who leaves a rating and review. Just make sure you take a screenshot and send it to me with your shipping address. And if you think I'm joking, why not try it out?